Welcome to the Open Esther's podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality? Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. Today we'll be speaking with Joy Okoye, and it was one of the most delightful discussions. It was raw and real and lets us understand who we are when we let go. And her journey is just an incredible story that you are going to be riveted by, and it will inspire you greatly. So without any further ado, I'm going to get on to our interview with the incredible coach, yoga teacher, and embodiment dancer, Joy Okoye. So cool hey. to be here with you. Hi. Hello. I'm I'm, awesome. I'm excited to meet you because I don't know you and I love meeting new people. And Joy and I were introduced through a mutual friend, Tony Bergens, who is the founder and creative wild woman of Journey Dance. And you are a Journey <laughs> Dance lover as I am. And you've done a yes. lot more with it. So we'll we'll discuss that as well as you being in this openness stage. So I, I wanted to just preface it with saying I just loved our communication was so sweet and how mm. you know you had so much akoye yay in your in your expression. <laughs> I love that <laughs> and, I, and I think and I think you in general have it's uh. such a beautiful exotic name, Joy Akoye. And I love the fact that you also in our discussion had so much acceptance of where you are. And I always mm. I like to point out always the paradoxes of life and that excitement and acceptance and somehow how do we dance with that? So where are you? Ooh, where am I finding you today good. on your journey as on the journey now as far as your where are you as an open nester? Wow. Well, interesting. I'm co-facilitating a program called the Remedy right now. We dance every day. We write every day. We really open and we open to ourselves in this kind of wisdom portal. And with my writing, what I what keeps coming up for me is the void, the emptiness, this cavern. And I am this liminal space, yet I haven't begun quite yet the, the launch from to into the next. It's like I'm in this space and I'm not, I'm not pushing it. So that's kind of where I'm at is that my, my 19 year old is off at college, mm-hmm. you know, and this is his second year revisiting that. And then I have another child at home, um, 16 year old. So I have two t- teenagers, you know, in between that space. And I'm learning what to navigate that the new relationships. I'm learning what it means to be a mother now and kind of more, more of a friend role at some point, you know, that's more of a banter between us. And who am I now? Who am I right now in this space of 
this kind of not quite what I was, not quite sure where I want to go. And, and, and then you have kids and what do you tell them? <laughs> it's quite a lot, actually. It's not, where I'm at right now is a lot. <laughs> It is. And I think our, I think our listeners need to hear that because uh, I, I find that there are a lot of women on this journey of, of mm -hmm. self-discovery as well as as be staying true to what is important to them. So what will you say were established some of the relationships with your boys that are you know, helpful as far as going forward and allowing them to become and, and have that open communication with you at this stage? How's that? How's that working mm. for you? Well, I, I think I've stumbled quite a bit. And they've taught me a lot more than what I thought. I thought I would be more of, okay, I'm going to shape this and shape that. And I've really learned the more I let go of that and I'm more present and open with them and not try to think where I want to take them or what wisdom or what, what I could tell them. I let, it was a hard thing and a painful thing, but I've really let go. And it's like, I read all these freaking books and I, you know, you do all these things and I try to be the perfect parent. And what do you do now? And, you know, how do you teach them how to be good men and good lovers? I mean, like I try to be conscious parenting and do all these wonderful things. And then it's so simple. It's like everything. I just come back to that, that little thing of just where am I right now? Where is he right now? Where are we? Like how, what's really going on if I just let go of what I think is going to go on or what I think is going on, but like, just, okay, just be. I feel just relaxed by you saying that. And I hope that people will accept that that is so much the journey. It's not about the destination and how we witness our kids and as we yeah. witness ourselves and try to allow ourselves not to need to fix anything, especially by these ages. I mean, I don't think we're ever able to fix but, mm. and yet we tried to guide, right? I, that's the best we could do, not knowing the perfect way. So some interesting, mm. I'd love to discuss those kind of, these concepts, just what you've become curious about or discovered about yourself along this journey. So in this subliminal space, where do you think you've had the strength to even be accepting of where they are and where you are? What, what brought you to that place that you can be more accepting? Mm. This is this is going to be a little raw and vulnerable, but that I, I really not only is this what we're calling for in this podcast, which I love you doing. Thank you so much for stepping up in that role of just telling it like it is. And let's just be real so we can we can get on with it, so to speak. I am in that place myself. And I think that I was humbled and I was brought to my knees by the reality that all the dreams that I did have kind of just shattered, you know collapsed, whatever, just poof, right? And, and I'm, I've been grieving, I've been grieving that. And I had a moment to pause. And I think my practices being, you know, uh, um, in my body, so embodied, really coming home and, and my whole work and my life and everything I do is, is I'm so blessed because I, my work is my path, right? And I'm able to really just give myself space about being okay with honey, you know, talking to myself in that way, honey, it's okay, it didn't go as planned. And, and, and that's okay. And so I think by allowing myself to not tell a story about things or project into make it something it's not, or get the spiritual bypassing down and, and go to where the, the silver lining is, if I can just allow myself to be here, 
I can be present for myself and then I can say, you know what, I don't want to pass on a lineage of living someone else's dreams or, or passing on this, these values that maybe I don't even agree with or these limited beliefs that I don't really want to have anymore. So I'm in a real deep time of inquiry and I don't want to pass something on that I don't feel strong about. So therefore, what does that mean? I'm not passing anything on right now. I'm trying not, except for presence. I really don't want them to take anything on unless they want it. <laughs> it's this, weird. And for your kids, you're saying that, but also sounds like so beautifully for yourself, just this empty canvas. Yeah. And, and perhaps we can look at the, em the empty nest instead of, I, I call it open because I want us to look for the next possibility for now as well as embrace what we have. And that empty space is interesting because in Kabbalah that says we create this kind of uh, tzimtzum is like we, we condense to create more space. So it's like mm. really witnessing yourself as well as your kids, but really that's, that's an amazing space to be in and to accept. I wonder if you want to just go take us back a little bit. If you were always in this work with Journey Dance and yoga and the embody pieces that I wanted you to mention, but just take us back a little bit about what kind of other work you did or how even in your marriage you started noticing that wasn't the right time and the kids being at a time getting older that you were able to start looking at that. So those three areas, your work and that timing, how it came about. Mm. Well, you know, I think it always goes back to our beginnings. So I'm actually from Kansas and I was raised in a very charismatic evangelical Christian faith. And I was um, on my way to become an evangelist and a worship leader. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was one of those far right people, <laughs> you know? And uh, so I have that background of being spiritual, but not religious, but through the more the the Jesus lens, very, you know, um, so so there's, there's beauty to that. There's a lot of beauty there. And I've retained that. I haven't thrown out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. It took me a long time. So I was going through that the first few years of my marriage when I moved from Kansas to here, which would have been in 1999, 2000, 2001. You're in I was, New Jersey, I was, right? You're in New yeah, yeah, I'm New Jersey. But from Kansas to New Jersey was huge and massive. So I was, I was able to really look at my faith and what I believe spiritually. And that piece help me see how do, how do I, what's the lens I see everything through? So I've had to really um, break some brain washing down. I've let a lot go. So I've been on a lot of different sides. I have a lot of stories and I've had a lot of different experiences growing up. Um, I, I've been blessed with a lot of chaos. <laughs> I've been blessed with a lot of things that didn't go as planned. So you know, I, I'm, I'm able to say that. Um, and so I, stories that you have that actually illustrate some, like maybe one of the big changes that you can actually talk about? Well, I think the one that I want to pinpoint is I was going to be an evangelist. Right. I was going to like, I, I, I believe that everybody was going to hell. How do you go from believing that everybody, I need to go and tell them about Jesus Christ to take them in as their personal savior? And to completely going, whoa, people, that is so not right. I don't even believe in that. I don't even, 
you know, I completely a 180. So when you do a 180 shift about that how and that, that particular, yeah, how did that happen? I was in the plane and I remember looking out, we were going to visit one of my other cousins. He's an evangelist and he was making a tour around the country and I had just left and I knew something was wrong. I knew something was not right. And I looked out into the sky and I saw this vastness and it just clicked for me that I had been limited because I, I had only been seeing one particular view. I had not had diversity. I didn't have other things in my life. I didn't have other, everything was shut down for me. And so I was able to let go. It was just like God came in, universe came in and said, baby, it's time to grow. It's time to let go. But when you let go of something like that, and you trust that even though you had a whole past, and those people did their best, and you can have unconditional love for them, something, something happens you have, you have bandwidth, <laughs> you know, you can, you realize that you don't, you can't take yourself or any of your beliefs too seriously. Beautiful. And if that's true, then how, how will that translate in everything? No, from there it was on up. I mean, or I should say not up, but open. Open, open. And how, how did you, I was, did you I was born that? again every day, how born again every day. Holy <laughs> shit. Sorry, I said that. <laughs> but you... I remember I went to drumming circles. I went to everything that I was told I couldn't do yoga, meditation, Wicca. I did everything. It was just like I was Pandora's box was open. Wow. I went and read the philosophy books. I did everything. And I thought, holy shit, I have to live. So that became, that changed my marriage, of course, because when I got married, I thought God picked him for me. I, you know, I had this whole belief system, but once that unravels, then you become you, right? And yeah, that, that's been on my path. You know, I've just been on my path since what, 2000, 2001, relearning everything. And I, and I feel like, honestly, that, that was a gift for me. I mean, it's just like someone that grew up with absolutely no food selections like myself. I had no, I didn't have Pakistani food. I didn't have Mediterranean food. I didn't have Indian food. I didn't have any of these different varieties. I had McDonald's and Olive Garden, you know? I mean, that was about it. So then for how many years did I just not have, I had vanilla, right? right. And so now here I am and everything is open. Y'all that had it from the get-go, you might be bored. I don't know where your next levels are of taste. <laughs> I get it just, it's a smorgasbord of life I to me love because. You. <laughs> love you, wow. Open it, yeah. open it up, baby. Open it all up, yeah. So how did you, how, did, how are you doing with your family that, that of origin now with that, with that huge transition in your life? How's that going? Well, well, that's, that's very difficult. You know, I've had to, but I have a complicated story. I was able, I, you know, I'm very independent with my, my family. I didn't, I, I didn't have a lot of solid caretaking growing up. I had a variety of experiences. So there wasn't a big question. I've always been able to make those decisions for myself. So the family of origin that I, you know, a lot of the family, you know, have, have just let me go. And the connections that I did have was through a lot of that evangelical faith. We don't have a lot to conversate about, but when I do go home, when I have been home, we just avoid that. And I love them. I just give them love because I do, I love them. But you know, what they do with that, I feel like is distance. I'm not going to stop loving them you know, when they put their guns underneath their chairs at church, you know, they want to do that. I'm just going to still love them, but I'm not going to participate. Um, you know, it's been hard, but it's also been 
what I need to do. Well, you are a beautiful example at this crazy time in the world, the chaos in our country. And I'm just <laughs> listening to you thinking, I've always felt like love is the answer. And here I'm looking at you and yeah. you're just accepting all the parts of yourself. And I'm just so inspired by that. That's so <laughs> beautiful. Thank you for sharing it so vulnerably. And and then how about your children and, and your and your husband and how that's working? How do you how do you navigate that part that could be challenging too? And I had to learn how to catch balls. Like I never learned to catch balls before, like a catcher at a baseball game, because I could not take everything personal as a parent. My children are young men learning who they are in this world, in this crazy time, as well as healing wounds that they don't have the language for, they don't understand emotionally. And I'm that mama, right? I'm just the one taking it in. And I've had, I had a lot of support I had to really reach out and be vulnerable and say, guess what? Shit, I'm not okay. And I had to trust that I would be okay. But at that moment, I needed to say, I'm not okay. I need support. And so then I could catch those balls. And I don't know if I could have if I didn't have my communities. So tell and me, if tell I about those yeah. you're supporting your community yeah. and what you what what you do, what you are instead of what you do. Although obviously there's a financial piece, and so if you can address all that stuff, how you're managing in this openness stage to do all that, right? Uh, the community, you know, I, I remember there was this moment when when I had to create a new life. I had to change the way I was thinking, so I had to get creative, and I, I've I've really looked into co-living situations, house shares creative lifestyle, because I also did not want to um, abandon the lifestyle that I had been creating in my artistic communities and my spiritual communities of yoga and journey dance and conscious movement and ecstatic dance. I really love what I do. I love being an entrepreneur. I could not give up either. I needed to take care of myself and my children, and I needed to take care of, of, of my spirit and my world. So I had to let go of certain things. I had to let go of having my own home for a minute. I live in a co-housing situation where I have a roommate, and we share the house, and we share each other's lives. And it's been beautiful when it works out, right? Um, so I had to do that, practically speaking. Those are the, the really um, the grounding pieces. I had to get grounded. I forgot what, oh, the community. Community is everything. And I had to let people in. That's huge. To help you. You had you you needed to reach I had to let people in. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like I see that over and over. People have this idea of, oh my God, I didn't reach it. I didn't reach my dream. I don't want anybody to see. I have a lot of shame about how my dream didn't work out. Or or you know, on so many different levels, people are feeling the need to hide. And I know that feeling. I know that feeling of, I want to figure it out all by myself. I don't want anybody to know I fucked up. Sorry, I said that. <laughs> That's perfect. Good. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I, I know that. I know that feeling. But you know what's beautiful is when you actually open up and you let people in. And there's a fine line, right? We don't want to get to the point where we're, we're it's a give and take. It has to, there has to be flow. But when you can say, it's my turn to receive, it's my turn to say, I'm not okay. Cause in, and trust that tomorrow you're going to be the one catching the balls. You're going to be the one that's going to need to, to give and, and hold someone's hand and maybe give them 50 bucks to go get, you know, the shoes or whatever it is. I mean, I'm talking about lots of different things here. We, we've really got to understand that people are hurting 
And if we're going to make it and go into the next level, community is really about saying, what do you need and how can I help? The Stone Soup, you know, that book, The Stone Soup. Stone Soup. So many ways of giving and receiving so that we can be, be community and live the way we used to. And I think the fact that you're open to embodiment takes us back to our folklore and cultures that lived in communities and danced together and, and expressed you know, love and anger and sadness and grief together. And, and we, it's very hard to find in a modern culture. So I wonder yeah, how you is. reached out and found that and, and how you could advise if you had advice to people that, that want to become more embodied. And I know you're doing some coaching in this area. Mm. I'd love you to talk about yeah. any of that. I think it's hard to come into a system. I, I feel that I just knew intuitively, I started to work on my own self. I knew something wasn't right. And being okay with not trying to fix that or finding like a, um, a Band-Aid for that. I got sick of the Band-Aid. I got sick of trying to fill in the gap. But once, once I opened up to that, I opened up to an intuition. I opened up to the wisdom the guide within. And I honestly believe that that embodied, the embodied practices of being able to feel your intuition and know what, where I land is, is the, the barometer. Is that the word I'm looking for? Is, is the, 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 the grounding for it's everything grounding else. And, and yeah, the, yeah, it is. And the question without an answer, just it's the center of your questioning that says, I have community that I can be vulnerable with, right? You're just vulnerable. And so how did you find them? How did you find them? What would you suggest to people to find their style? Maybe they're not dancers. And, and how do you deal with people that say, I don't like to dance or be or feel embodied? Again, I think that it's just, it was an unraveling. It was like step by step. Instead of trying to figure out how to get here, you know, how am I going to fix everything? I, I, it changed. I didn't try. I didn't, I wasn't, I was no longer trying to figure out how everything would come together. I just knew I had to be with myself. So I think the first step is if we're talking about building a community or being in community, it's a time to, to invest in yourself and to kind of know that this is, we're remapping, we're, we're coming into an authentic community. And I'm, I'm letting go of what the world says I need to be. And so the questions and the answers are all mixed up together. And you're going to figure it out. You just have to trust you have to trust that maybe I'm, I'm saying this in a roundabout way, but I, I don't know if there's a solution. I don't know it if there's a solution you can find of community. And yeah. How does dance and embodiment is what I meant to ask you. How, maybe there's areas that you can specifically tell people about where either not and, and yoga can be offered, mm -hmm. but maybe that's not the right time for that or dance. Some people aren't resonant with so and meditation right, right. or walking. But I right. even I even find that even the walking and the connecting to nature is someplace to start with yourself and then doing it with others by being open having that who yeah let me see who can who is someone that resonates with me and it is a hard one step at a time thing to do but i do wonder if you have any kind of like guidance that you use mm. of what's the what's the first step that what did you do even on your journey of finding community with embodiment was it was it yoga first or was it dance first well I mean, that's kind of an interesting story of how, you know, we, there's many people that talk about the bathroom stories. I'm, I was on my knees and I cried and I kind of 
I, I asked God, what's now? Or I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. So I had one of those stories. I was, um, I had broke my ankle and I couldn't move. I literally broke the bone. And I was for six weeks, I was, um, I was stuck um, in the bait in the in the um, living room because I couldn't go upstairs and I had time to be with myself. And after I came out of that and, and my my ankle was healed, the one question I asked myself was, what did I want? Because there was so much time to reflect and I I wasn't able to um, it was winter and it was hard. And I said, I want to dance. I want to move. I want I want to learn what yes means in my body. That was what came to me clearly. I want to know what yes means. And so for the first time, I put this song, techno song. It was back in the day of Pandora. Like you had Pandora, not Spotify so much, you know. And I went ahead and I danced and I cried. And I had that crying where, you know, your snot is coming down and you're just giving yourself your all, right? And, And I remember it was the first time I learned what God was. Not the God of growing up but my higher self for me, it was like, I found my higher self. And she said, I'm going to, can I say this? Can I say, can I use my language that I use? Okay. She said, I don't fucking care about your bullshit anymore. I don't fucking care about it. What I want to know is what do you want to do? I don't want to hear about why you can't go get it anymore. I want to hear about what it is you want to do. And then let's find those the way you know, that's fine away. So it was just me opening to finding a yes, instead of the no's. And from there, I realized I needed to be in my body. And as a larger woman, it was really hard because I had to face my body image issues. But I feel like what happened was I get, I just got so raw and so vulnerable with, with, with not wanting to be on this planet anymore. I realized I was up against something here and I had to make a choice. And it was very clear. I could no longer bullshit myself that I was, that I, that I could um, just go around finding all the no's why I couldn't live because my desire to live was so strong. That life force, that life energy just took over. And I said, you had some time to, you know, we're not going to do that anymore. So then from there, I found dance and I found belly dancing and I found this wild practice on the internet of all things. I didn't even go to a place. I didn't even find it in person. I found it online, journey dance. And there is this moving to your story and moving through life and taking your stuff to the dance floor. And it was like, what is this? What is, what, what is this? I have to do this. I totally have to do whatever this is. And I signed up for teacher training before I even went to a class in New York because it was just so my yes was like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And so that from there, and then I became a yoga teacher. It was just following the yes, following that sensation and just knowing that I just had to do it. You know, maybe there's a little whack crazy in me. I don't know, but I just, I just. (laughs) That's such an example for people to hear is to follow their yes. And and I, and so I do wonder if are you, what's the work that you're doing that you would love to talk about? And then we'll talk a little bit about what you may want next. But um, what would you like people to know about you as far as professionally right now and journey dance for your, your coaching? So, um, yes, I teach journey dance. I am a journey dance facilitator. I'm part of the teaching staff and I co-facilitate with Tony, um, different programs. And we have a huge program coming up, a body love portal. We're creating it. We don't know what we're going to name it right now, (laughs) 
but it's going to be a huge coaching program and and we're going to co-facilitate it. And it's going to be a deep dive into learning what the wisdom is within the body, not just from a body image standpoint, but really uncovering it as a vessel of wisdom. So um, that's very exciting. We're going to be launching that in January. And I have my own coaching practice, embodied transformations and wellness coaching. And I, I teach a um, weekly class on Thursday nights for women to really inhabit their, their stories, their yeses. Yeah, my, it's joylynnokoye.com, J-O-Y-L-Y-N-N-O-K-O-Y-E.com. And I have my classes. Yeah. So I, I love it all. I need my yoga. I need my quiet space. And I also need my rowdy, expressive journey dance movement piece. I need it all. <laughs> Coming back yeah. to the acceptance and the, and, the, and the enthusiasm for our future. And that's so what we started with on this discussion that we're going to wrap up. And if you have any other last words or things that you wanted to say, or what is it? Is there anything resonant for what you do want, what you see for yourself? I feel I'm called to do and and something else I didn't share because this is new to me is that I I do sound healing and I do a lot of my own shamanic version of journeying and sound healing and through that practice and through the things that I've learned is I've really learned that we have to show up for ourselves and we can't wait for anyone to tell us to do it. And I feel like if I were to die tomorrow, that's what I'd, I'd want, you know, people to remember is that she did it. She went for it, even if it wasn't like what everybody said she should do, or even the world told her she couldn't, she did it anyways. And I want that for everyone. I mean, that's really, I mean, I get choked up about that. I see so much beauty in the world. And I also see so much resistance. And if people can just realize that they are their final say. They are, they are the dreamer of this life. If they want to bring a nightmare, if they want to continue to live through a nightmare, that's fine. That's their choice. But you don't have to. And you can create something beautiful. And I, I really would hope that more, more people would open up to, to, to loving themselves on a deeper level so that they can trust that they can go for it and find their yeses. You say it so beautifully. Yeah. And, and during COVID, I mean, that's why these these are harder times for a lot of people that some of that's and I know you're connecting online with all kinds of programs and in the summertime did stuff outside with ecstatic dance New Jersey yep. which I'm oh yeah baby <laughs> so I, just, you're so out there with your yes and I'm just loving this loving you for this and what you are giving us just with your big yes joy really mm. yeah a joyful yes I, and I thank you so much for this time you took with us oh Yay. Thank you so much, Tessa. I'm so excited for what you're doing. And I, I look forward to seeing how it helps all of us figure out, you know, the next. So again, you can reach Joy at Joy Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Okoye, O-K-O-Y-E dot com. And what I've really taken from that, and I hope you will too, is a real need for community when we are hurting and who we are. It's the part of this journey that we need to welcome rather than trying to, as she so beautifully said, bypass or always look for silver linings. Because when we ask each other, what do you need from me and how can I help? Then they, then that becomes reciprocal. And that's how we build community. And no one can know until we come from vulnerability. 
So I so loved this interview because I learned new things also about the lifestyles at Open Nester stage of house sharing and all of the things that people do to create the lives that they want, even if they're not how they dreamed of. So I hope you won't hurt, be hard on yourself about your dreams and be open to the pathway and open, as she beautifully says, to your yes. So thank you so much, Joy. Again, I welcome all of you to make comments on this show, especially in our private discussion group on our Facebook page, our closed private Facebook page. And I'd love you there at The Open Nesters. And we are on all the social media platforms. And you can find us on our website, theopennesters.com. And we would love to hear what you think of it or what things, topics you would like to hear more about in the comments. And if you know anybody who's particularly good for a for a guest on our show, please let us know or if you have a story and pass on the good news about this beautiful podcast that we hope to share with many. Until next time, I'm Tessa. Ciao.